0: Welcome to The Social Pod, a podcast brought to you by SOCNET 98, a network of universities sharing the common interest for social work in an international perspective. In our episodes, you will hear from students around the world studying social work and interviews and lectures from our international university weeks. And welcome to this episode of The Social Pod. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about uh, critical race theory. And uh, with us in our studio, uh, it's uh, me. My name is uh, Steiner Rikolt and I'm an assistant professor working at University of Southeastern Norway. And me- with me, we have...
1: My name is Trina Ask, and
0: I'm doing my PhD in culture study at USN. Yeah. Mm. And?
1: And my name is Jeff Stone, and I am a social worker here in California in the United States.
0: Yeah. And the reason why we are here right now is uh, that that we're actually sitting talking about uh, or thinking on how we actually met. We met, uh, I think it was five years ago, four or five years ago. Yes. We met as former master's students. Me and Trina, you we were master students at University of Southeast Norway. And you, Jeff, you uh, took your master in social work. In social work, yes. Yeah, at California State University in Dominguez Hills. Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's kind of the background why we're here today, and uh, we uh, we were just uh, thinking about how we met and the things that we learned from each other. There, that's another episode we did yesterday, so please check that one out. And, and But one of the things that we uh, learned from each other, or learned from Jeff, was the introduction of critical race theory. And I just remember that as a master's student in Norway, I never heard about it, and uh, I, we just learned so much from uh, Jeff uh, regarding this. So we have invited Jeff to give us an introduction to critical race theory and the background on on it, and just like an introduction, and also how it affects uh, why social workers should uh, know about the theory or use it. I, this is the things that we, we're going to talk about. So I'm just going to leave the word to you, Jeff, to uh,
1: what, what is critical race theory? Sure. Um, so, well, first of all, I want to preface that I am not a critical race theory expert. Yeah. yeah. But I do happen to know quite a bit, of, uh, quite a lot of uh, about it, because um, in my master's program, and it's actually a, a, a unique thing about the particular school that I did my social work master's program at is that they include critical race theory um, and they integrate it in pretty much all of the classes that we take there. So they, they okay. consider it an extremely important um, theory that they actually find ways to apply it to all different kinds of subject matter. And again, they think it's very important for us to use that in our social work practice as well. No. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So critical race theory. Um, there's a lot of ways to define it in a nutshell, I would say that critical race theory came about, um, because of this idea that, um, Caucasians, um, at one point created, um, the idea of white privilege, oh, yeah. um, meaning that, I mean, it, I guess it's pretty basically understood, but that, white people should be the privileged race over all other races. Um, and unfortunately, uh, the United States was sort of built on that premise. Um, and it's kind of integrated and been steeped in a lot of our, um, fundamental, um, gosh, it's in our, it's in our education system. It's in our, um, it's in our corporations it exists it's it's just like a, it's thoroughly woven in the threads of of our makeup um there's a lot of people it's very controversial right now uh in the united states especially because there's a lot of people that really in my opinion don't know a lot about it yeah. but they're very threatened by it because it holds caucasians accountable for the first time um, so, and I'm, so I'm guessing that the people that is, uh, it's negative about it is Caucasian. Yes. It's yeah. mostly, I would say predominantly Caucasians that are upset about it yeah. because they think it's going to make our children that are Caucasian feel bad. Okay. Yeah. And it's, to me, it's, um, it's pretty hypocritical and it's, um, it's sad, frankly, because, you know, we've been mistreating other ethnicities, uh, uh, poorly, treating them poorly for so long for, you know, for gosh, centuries. And now all of a sudden it's like the tables are slightly turning and I'll say very slightly turning because there's still so much, uh, racism that exists in the United States, you know, and you've, and maybe you've seen on the news, you know, there's just with the killings of especially African-American men by police, yeah um for years it's been tolerated um if it was a caucasian person or caucasian male caucasian woman that was murdered by police it would be all over the headlines in the past yeah um and people wouldn't stand for it but it's not even a news story um if it's someone that's african-american or even of another ethnicity or another culture it's also happened people say that it it, in this country, it goes back to when we first got here with the indigenous um, people that were here before us, that we sort of swept in and took over and, you know, put our viewpoints on them and said, you're going to either be us become like us or that's it. So and they've been they were mistreated very, you know, from early on. So critical race theory comes from that concept. um, But it has, there's tenants involved with CRT as well. There's several tenants. Um, in particular, one. So, what is tenants? Okay, so t- just meaning that there's um, different parts to it, subsets mm-hmm. of oh, yeah. what critical race theory is. Um, one of them being intersectionality, and that's something that's really stressed in my program. And intersectionality is basically that, um, and I will go back to the explanation of CRT again oh, as yeah. well. Um, but intersectionality, which to me is also extremely important is the idea that each one of us, each individual is, is made up of several identities. We might identify as, you know, male or female. We might identify by our religion. We might identify, um, by our sexuality and each of those identities either has us be privileged or be oppressed. So a lot of people would say, maybe, you know, I'm um, the, and the, the category that would be the most privileged would be white, male, Christian, yeah. heterosexual. Um, those are all things that make you the most privileged. Those are the things that are the most accepted in society. If you are, um, and and that's the other thing that's very important, and that's why they they really talk to us about you should never, you know, broadly sweep a whole. Like ethnicity and say, oh, well, this African-American woman must be able to relate to this other African-American woman because they're both African-American. Well, it depends on what their different identities are. You know, one African-American woman might identify as a lesbian and the other straight and she might not feel at all comfortable with the other. Um, The point is, is that we have to be careful to realize that each person has varying degrees of um, identities and those all make up who they are and how they view the world and how the world views them so in social work it's so important for us and we we are told to even start that process before we even meet the person is if we can identify any of those identities before we even meet them we have to start looking at those and and be aware of those Um, so how do you do that how do you identify identities before you meet people? Well, it depends on what you're doing in work. But a lot of times when say you're given a new case, you you'll have some identifying factors of that person. And there's a form that they'll have filled out. So it might tell you their sexuality, it might tell you um, things about what they identify, it might tell you religious, you know, what their religion is. Um, And then if it's not, it's something that might come up in conversation as well. And it might be pertinent to ask those questions too sometimes. But, um, with that, it's, it's sort of on the basis of, um, almost being able to, I always look at it like being able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. You know, I never can pretend to know what it's like to be a person of another race, but I can have an understanding of what that means to be that race. Um, I can have an understanding of some of the oppression that they've gone through. I don't know what that's like. And again, I won't pretend to know what that's like, but I can be aware of it. And that can help form how I approach that person, how I interact with that person. Um, And I have to, in the the same way, I have to be aware that I'm a Caucasian male. And, And when I'm working with somebody of a different ethnicity, I have to be aware that they might feel a certain way about me because I'm a Caucasian male and I might be threatening in some way to them. They might be more closed off to me, you know, and understandably so. And in, in my, in my mind, you know, that's how I feel because I, I feel like, you know, I've as liberal minded and as open as I've always been my whole life, I realized ways when I started to learn about CRT that I was still contributing to this oppression, in small ways that I didn't even realize or just by not even speaking up sometimes when I should have spoken up and it, it goes really deep there's many layers to it but there's also such things as I don't know if you've heard of microaggressions I, I oh yeah yeah so there's a but lot But of,
0: please tell us more because this is like an introduction so sure so explain go ahead sure and that?
1: and I hate to keep referring you know because it's not just an african-american thing it's it that's all There's a lot of CRT that's written with African-Americans in mind, but it also mentions other um, ethnicities as well. Um, But for instance, there's things that someone might innocently Caucasian think that what they're doing is fine, but Mm -hmm. like something they might not be used to being in the company of someone african-american and so they might say oh your hair is so unique and go and touch the person's hair well to an african-american that's very uh, to a lot i can't speak for all american african americans (laughs) but i can speak from what i've heard from people that are african-american and have told me um it's it's very upsetting and insulting when someone just feels that they can come and touch your hair Um, and that's considered a microaggression um, Doesn't also microaggression include not talking to someone
0: at a working place, for example, that you kind of do not talk you You're not saying something or doing something act- actively, but you're av- avoiding someone or never letting them speak out or something like that?
1: That Doesn't... could be if it's as long as it's based on that you're formulating that opinion or that that um, behavior towards them because of their race. Okay, yeah. Um, it's usually generally race related. So, and I mean, it could be something too with, um, I can speak to gays or homosexuals that, you know, a lot of times somebody might say, someone who's heterosexual might say, Oh, I, I love gays. They're so fun. Oh yeah. You know, and that, that's can be insulting to many people that are gay because it's like, okay, what am I a clown? Because I'm, because I'm gay. (laughs) So those are all considered microaggressions. Oh yeah. Um, you know, so I guess it's not just ethnicity; it's identity. It's identity. So how you identity, identify? Because b- b- because the thing that
0: we regarding microaggression, where I got it from, is actually from the deaf community back in Norway. They are talking about also microaggression towards them, think uh, the people thinking that they are not uh, not as smart as other people, mm. stuff like this. Same based, that, that based is. So, so in that case, it's more about identity. How what they identify as, not as race, but yeah
1: yeah no absolutely identity yeah Yeah. so that would definitely fit with um the deaf community for sure um but yeah so so here i i also think it's important to one thing that i'll bring up when i have people that are very unaware you know it's very easy for people to caucasians to say oh i have friends that are black or i have friends that are are latino um and that in itself is somewhat of a micro microaggression because, um, it's, it's saying that you understand that race just because you happen to know somebody that is, right. and it goes so much deeper than that. Um, so I've, I've had conversations with my own family that don't quite understand their well, Well, I'm not racist. And I'll say, well, yeah, you, you are, you, there's things <laughs> that you do that are racist. You might not realize it, but, but you are, um, and People have a hard time hearing that. I, to be honest, when I was first in the program, I felt very attacked on some level, but I I knew that it was important for me to hear this. But when you're hearing that a white male is the bad guy, oh, yeah. um, it's hard to take because it, it's hard to not take things personally as a human being. But when I could take myself out of that, I you know, that identity for myself and realize, you know, I am part of the people that created this reason for CRT um, and I have to take ownership a lot of people get mad about that too well I never owned slaves and oh, things yeah. like that so I shouldn't be blamed for that but to, to me it's very important to, to if it's in your culture it's it, it probably goes back in your family somewhere you probably had something and a lot of people in CRT there's in some of the tenants, they describe that when we think that just because something happened a hundred years ago how could I have anything to do with that? But people forget that we had great 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 grandparents then. so they passed on their knowledge and beliefs to the to their child and that child passed on their beliefs to their children. so there's it's still little threads of it that continue on and i I think that people need to take a um, more honest and realistic look at their um, contribution to racism. Um, because like I said, I, I really thought that, gosh, I'm, I'm very liberal minded. I'm super over minded. I have friends of all different, you know, see here I'm saying that. Yeah. Of course. yeah. And then, um, just realizing that, like I said, that there's so many things that I just took for granted or didn't realize. And some of those, what I was going to say, that's important for people to realize is that like what I tell my my family, when I'm, I'm asking them questions about it. Like, do you, do have you ever, um, walked down the street and had someone, you hear their car door lock as you walk by because they feel threatened by you? No. Well, do you realize when African male, African American males walk by cars and it's a Caucasian person, almost always they will lock their door and, and African Americans are, you know, Again, I don't want to pretend to speak for them, but I'm going by anecdotal, oh, yeah. you know, information that I have had and I've been taught by African-American um, people that have told me this, um, that, you know, yes, absolutely. You walk down the street and you hear, you know, car doors lock, oh, yeah. uh, you see the faces of when you're in an elevator with say it's a Caucasian woman and she grabs her purse and holds it tight and goes to the corner or stands away. Um. People t- and I always say, what do you think that would do to your mentality if daily oh, yeah. you were seen as somebody threatening mm. um, and less than? You know, there's a, there's a there's a part of that that's identifying them as less than on some level. Um, so it's little things like that that really play into this. And then there's also big things. There's things that are built into our. There's called the um, the prison pipeline. Um, Because here, prisons, I don't know how it is in Europe, but prisons are um, like corporations. They make money here. Um, And they found for hundreds of years that it's the targeted group of people to easily get into prison um, by by making things difficult for them is African-American males in particular. So African-American males from early on through school um there's lots of evidence of how they're treated differently, how they're viewed differently. They're um they're treated a lot of times as as less intelligent, um, less able, um less important. They're not that typically in low socioeconomic areas where a lot of African-American people for generations live, that's not you know true with all, and mm-hmm. especially becoming luckily much better in the United States. Um, where there's all different um, socioeconomic levels of all different ethnicities. But still, there exists, you know, main hubs in, the, in you know, inner cities that are a lot of African-Americans that are given, um, that unfortunately have substandard uh, schooling. So from the beginning, they're at a disadvantage. Oh, yeah. You know, to go to college, you have to reach certain um You know, you have to show a certain background of education. You have to pass certain tests. And a lot of these students are not even given that opportunity. The education they're given is subpar. Um, There's less money available for those schools. So, you know, and again, I can't say that's for all, but for a lot. That's what they've experienced. And so then, you know, we'll set up, we did try to set up a system where there would be um, a certain, you know, quota for african-american students to be admitted to colleges regardless of them meeting the same um, requirements as say caucasians but a lot of caucasians took that as well that's not fair you know they shouldn't be given an advantage but it's because again they they don't see that wait a minute we've created a system that that gives them that they're at a disadvantage oh yeah so it's the least we could do Hmm. um and just things like that still, still exist. And it just amazes me that people want to say a lot of, a lot of the things that you'll hear is that, well, you had a Barack Obama as president, so racism must be over because you had a black president. Um, to me, that's just an ignorant statement because here we are. And, you know, it was just in the last few years that we've had black people, you know, male and female killed by the police. And, Normally, gotten away with it and some did still get away with it and mm-hmm. and it's just gotten to this point where people are like we're just not gonna we're not gonna stand for this anymore but unfortunately there's still a large percentage i think it's the minority now thankfully but at one time it was the majority of caucasians that went that if they didn't 100 percent believe in a lot of this um unequal treatment they certainly didn't do anything to change it yeah um so they've contributed, and that's that's again something I had to wake up to that I contribute to it by not standing up against it. Yeah. So I've become very aware with that, and I uh, CRT is something I use every day when I work because I I have to extremely humble myself, and I you know I this was something during school that I whenever we would have a speaker we we were you know lucky enough to have a lot of um, professionals that came to us in the social work field um, that were predominantly African American. And I would almost, almost always ask because at my program, even, um, at Cal State Dominguez Hills, I think there was maybe, you know, a handful of Caucasian students. Everyone else was African American or Latino, uh, or Asian. Um, but I would say predominantly African American. And so for me, I was like, I'm, I was just anxious to be a sponge and just soak oh, this yeah. experience up because I'm not used to being the minority, you know, mm-hmm. in a group I'm used to being in the majority as a Caucasian. Um, so I, I thought it was the the best thing that, um, I was in that situation and I would always ask, how can I have the, how can I contribute working because in social work here, especially in Los Angeles, you Predominantly work with um, other ethnicities. And um, I worried, how am I going to be effective? I'm a Caucasian male. Okay. And also, who am I to think that I could offer something? You know, because <laughs> I've been part of the problem, but I wanted, I really sincerely wanted to be part of the solution. So um, I would always ask, how can I come across or what can I do um, to connect? And um, have the community I work with be open to me and this I got the same answer almost every single time that just be authentic just be you Um, and that's what will show through and people will see that and I've really experienced that I've I've seen you know I work at a school where the majority of the staff that I that works there are african-american and some people you know welcomed me open arms at the very beginning and then some people I felt that were very standoffish to me and very suspicious of me and I but again you know instead of getting upset by that or thinking something bad I just thought okay I, I accept that I understand where that's coming from and I just have to prove myself to them so I, you know, hopefully I can prove myself. Hopefully mm-hmm. they'll see that my intentions are, are real and, and authentic. And, and over time, I do, I have felt certain relationships open up with some of the uh, colleagues that I work with, because I think that just that they've seen that, you know, that I'm authentic and that I really do care. And I really do want to make a difference with the, the kids that I work with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I'm thinking about identity and just being authentic, as you said.
0: Uh, one of the identities, as you introduced, is is race. But we have a lot of different kind of identities, different parts of us. Yes. Uh, connecting with other people as parents, for example, as fathers. Uh, c- connecting with what you work with as a part of identity, hobbies instead of... I'm just thinking about critical race theory it has that name and it has race. It right. says that this is the identity or the, that we have a huge focus, focus on instead of everything else that we are a right. part of, other parts of our identities. What, what's your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that that's one of the uh, misconceptions about CRT as well. Is, and I agree because the, the name is kind of misleading of what it is because it really is more. That's why I... Um, think it's so important and I really do wish that we included it in, in the education of most schools, um, because it doesn't, it's not just about race. It's a it's really to me at the, at the foundation is about, um, identities and it's the oppressed and the oppressors, um, or it's who, who gains by being a certain way and who loses by being a certain way. Um, and that, and again, like we were saying, it could be anything and just, and you brought up a great point. It's like, you know, the deaf community, it's automatically, you know, what is the privileged and what is the oppressed? Is it the deaf person or the person that can hear? All, all the systems in society is,
0: is, made on the premises of people hearing. Right, right. <laughs> it, right. it is absolutely, ironically right. enough, we're doing a podcast episode here that is not, is not in itself accessible to the, the, the hard of hearing so so because you said something my background is also because i'm now using the deaf community as a, as an example is because i've worked in the deaf community as a hear as a hearing right <laughs> person and uh, i have felt this kind of same thing that you're not a part of us mm. you're one of the hearing people why are you coming here to help me I don't need help, right? Are you looking down on me because I, I'm deaf and you are hearing? And also, the, I think you were talking about sobering experience, or the one one of the most sobering experience was being the only uh, only hearing person in in a big room, and I was the only one that didn't at that time uh, sign use sign language. Wow. And feeling actually that being on the outside, being a part of the minority in a room, how much I used that and, and, and realized that, that was an extremely important experience for me as a, a future social worker in, in Norway.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah,
0: extremely important experience to, to feel that the thing, being a part of um, a setting that you are at a, at a disadvantage.
1: No, I, I bet. And and that brings up another point, too, that I, I was going to mention is that it's also very interesting that because we've set up this system based on a certain, uh, for example, the ethnicity, Caucasian being the, the um, main privileged race, it's also spilled over into other ethnicities, other groups, as far as like say in the African-American community for, for many years. And again, not for all people, um, but there it exists that there's favoritism for the lighter skin black that you are. The mm-hmm. lighter the skin, the more privileged you are or the more you're looked at um, as um, being more blessed. I, I'm so glad to see that that is changing more and more and people are you know um, owning and uh, being proud of their dark skin and which, you know, I absolutely hundred percent, you know, uh, agree. It's, I mean, that's beautiful. So it's, it's, it's sad to me that the people, a lot of people's reaction to this oppression has been to further oppress. So in the deaf community, I know that it exists that um, people that are uh, given the opportunity to have the colloquial implants. yeah, that's right. And then the people that there's, there's deaf people that are absolutely against that. And there's people that are for it. And then if somebody decides to get that, a lot of times they're then no longer accepted by many deaf people, because they made that choice. Oh, yeah. It's the same
0: in Norway. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I, um, I think it's interesting how we do that. And it's to me, that's why this is just so important to, to to really to, again, it's to be able to put yourself in other people's shoes. And it helps to understand where that comes from, but it doesn't mean that we have to shut people out. Or just because someone is um, choosing this stance of "I am better" or um, "you are not as you are not equal to me" because you do this or you are this color or you chose to have implant colloquial. Sorry, I'm not totally butchering how you say it. <laughs> In <laughs> Norwegian, we only use CI.
0: <laughs> okay, good <laughs> C-I. C-I. CI. I
1: like that better. Um, but yeah, my, my point is, is to me, the more that you can embrace CRT and the idea of different identities, then the more you open yourself up to having, um, to just be more empathetic and, um, able to connect, even though, you know, again, like I don't ever try to pretend to know what it's like to be someone that's different than me. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that I can't have an idea of what they're facing or what they come across or, you know, and and that just gives me more empathy for that person. Mm. And, um, yeah, and not, and again, I, I, I even hear myself say that and it's like, it's almost like I'm saying, Oh, so I can feel sorry for that person. And it's oh, not yeah. that at all. It's just, it's knowing, gosh, what struggles they go through and, And I look at that a lot of times, like people that have all of these identities that are several of them are oppressed identities. I just think, wow, how strong you must be to exist in a society um, that has, you know, throwing so many daggers at you because you fit all of these different oppressed categories. Um, And people absolutely overcome those and and don't let those bring them down. But I, and some, and I, and that's, again, another frustration is I hear a lot of people say, well, what about, you know, Oprah Winfrey, look at, she's a billionaire. She oh, didn't, yeah. she didn't let any of that get to her. Um, yes. She, thank God for whatever reason she was strong enough to rise above all that. But that doesn't mean um, we sh- that negates the challenges and the struggles that so many people go through because they're given so much less opportunity and they're put in, again, like I said, if they they grew up in the inner city with no money and poor schooling. and um, they
0: it, It's grew- just so funny using that example because I think that that example or, or argument that we have one person that did it or maybe we have 50 per- people made it right. in the United States then everybody can make it it it's not logically at all. Yeah. You have to see what, what what's the possibility for average person out uh, living living average lives. I agree completely. Oh, yeah.
1: yeah, I agree. Yeah, so I would say compare one oprah with hundreds of white male billionaires. Oh yeah. You <laughs> well, know, that's right. <laughs> yeah, like so much more open and and easy for them. Like as it an accomplishment that people have, person of any race making it to that level? Absolutely. But, um, you know, I'm sorry that the path was, was easier for, you know, if you were a Caucasian male, there were so, and, and, and it's funny to me, there'll be Caucasian males that will get so angry about me saying that even you don't know my life. You don't know how difficult it was. It's, I'm not saying that you don't have your own difficulties, but again, like, did you, have people avoid you as you walk down the street. That was the other thing I was going to say. If a black male walks down the street, a lot of times a Caucasian person will cross the street to oh, not yeah. walk by the person because they're afraid or whatever. Like, like, did you go through any of those different aggressions growing up? Um, no, you didn't. Um, so it's, it's just, again, it's putting yourself in the shoes, having an understanding, trying to understand um, what other people have dealt with. Yeah. Yeah thank you for sharing with us jeff no, this has been really yeah i've learned a lot during yeah. the last half hour
0: yeah and also in addition i think we should uh, put some literature for your mm. future, future uh f- for the reading for for the listeners mm. well thank you so much jeff, for for uh talking about uh, critical race theory
1: no mm. thank you i appreciate Thank you it. thank you